Welcome to the Hottest Wellness Podcast, I've Got Time, with Sherry Galore and Shakayla. Here, we discuss personal growth, relationships, and healing to become aligned with the best version of ourselves. Hey. <laughs> What's up, girl? Uh, you know, it's on the up and up, I think. It is. Yeah. How you doing? I'm good. I could use a nap. Yeah. But I feel cool, you know? What is it about Aquarius season that makes you want to take a nap? I'm not even going to say Aquarius season because it just turned Aquarius season like last week. Mm-hmm. But I've been tired all month. Well, I feel like we haven't been getting a lot of sleep this month. Oh. I think well. that's the real... I don't know if that is true for me because I don't think anything has changed with me personally as far as my sleep schedule. Like, there might be a few times where I'm, like, really pulling all-nighters, but for the most part, I am, like, a night out person, so I don't think this is, like, a dramatic change where I should be, like, oh, so tired. Like, I'm already used to getting, like, not the best sleep. That's not good, baby. I know, but, you know... Uh, luckily, I live this type of lifestyle where I can afford naps, so I get my sleep in, you know. Get your sleep in, baby. How you feeling, though? I feel all right. Um, you know, I've really been down for, like, the last few months, but I'm trying to get into a more positive space. Mm-hmm. It's really hard once you really get deep down in that, like, it's this. Once you get to the negative self-talk, you know you're in a low place. Yeah. And um, so I'm just trying to get myself back in, in together or whatever. So I don't know. I feel like during times like this, this is where you really have to find out what motivates you. Like what's going to motivate me to keep going or to stay positive or just to like push through each day. Yeah. You know? So... Y'all let us know in the comments what um, motivates you to keep going when you're having not so favorable circumstances in life. Yeah. Is it the podcast? (laughs) You should tell us if it is. (laughs) (laughs) We need your validation. Well, we can jump right into the affirmation of the week, which is I am already the best version of myself. Moving in alignment with my purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I had to come with some heat this week because I needed it, you know? I really needed an affirmation that was going to plug me into the vibration I want to be at, you know? I like that. Sometimes affirmations don't be true, but it's like it's true. If you keep saying it, then it will become your truth. I was um, watching this channel message from Bahati Life this morning. If you guys don't know who Bahati Life is, she is like basically a witch. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's like real cool, laid back, like a herbalist, really, if we get into like professional careers. Like she claims that she a witch, but really she's a whole herbalist out here. Like she be making concoctions and shit and oils and all kind of stuff. But she's just like... A real dope ass person. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so she had this message today and she basically was saying like, you already the best version of yourself right now. And like, I personally don't really subscribe to that because I've come a long way and those were changes that I needed to make, not only for myself, but for everybody around me. Mm-hmm. So like, I can't totally subscribe to everybody being the best version of themselves right now. Well, I mean, but I knew what she was saying was basically that, well, the first thing is whatever idea of yourself that you think of when you say the best version of myself, mm-hmm. like you're already energetically connected to that. And it's only up to you to decide to make certain choices to move in alignment because you already are that version of yourself. Mm-hmm. If you can fathom up it, if you can think about it, if you visualize it, like that's already inside of you. And it's just like asking you to to make some minor changes so you can be show up as that person. Yeah. So I felt that I needed that word, and um, I'm I'm gonna show something different this week. You know. Yeah. You heard a word. Yeah. Word too, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually a good album. Yeah. You didn't hear it, did you? Michelle, who? <laughs> do not do my homegirl like that Michelle Williams Oh, okay Wow Michelle who? I feel like when you say her name Because Michelle is like such a basic name Maybe you need to say like Michelle Destiny's Child To clarify Okay, let me clarify right now If I say Michelle By itself, I'm only talking about Michelle Williams Well, now I know <laughs> Because there's other Michelles, baby. The only other Michelle I acknowledge is Michelle Branch. Okay. Well, you could have been talking about her, to be fair. But I would have said Michelle Branch. Okay. I feel you. (laughs) This is a safe space for all Michelle Williams um, fans and lovers. As long as you don't try to preach to us. (laughs) She does sing um, non-secular music, right? Gospel music? That's non-secular, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, before we hop into main topic this week, I just want to talk about the breaks. Just do the music of the week or whatever. We know you're still listening to her loss. It- Is there anything else? Um, (laughs) not really. However, um, I did come across this artist called, not called, named Gloss Up. Mm -hmm. Um, she signed with QC. She dropped a project and it's really good. It's my type of energy for those that have been listening. You know, my type of energy. It's like. She's kind of, she leans more on the fight music side, mm-hmm. but it's like, it sounds good. We love a good fight song. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but yeah, I do like to tussle. <laughs> um, well, the song I wanted to talk about this week, well, not really the song, kind of I wanted to talk about the song and the artist is mm-hmm. um, Players by Coyle Ray. Mm-hmm. This song, like, really started blowing up on TikTok. It's, like, a remix to, um, I don't know, I I think it's the Earth, Wind & Fire beat or something. You haven't heard the remix? It's not Earth, Wind & Fire. What is it? 
Um, is it like uh? What song is that? The only thing coming to my mind is when Diddy sampled it. Don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. Ha 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 ha! It's like, is it the? Oh, it's uh. I want to say it's like the Fat Five or something. I don't know, but anyways, it don't matter. Yeah. Okay, she sampled this beat, and y'all know how I feel about samples, but she didn't sample the beat. Somebody remixed it on TikTok, and then her song mm-hmm. started going up. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I wanted to check out the song, but then this week. Genius uploaded a, a live performance with Coyle Ray singing players. Mm-hmm. And she sounded so good. It was reminiscent to me of the Doja Cat uh, Juicy Genius video. Have you ever seen that one? I don't think I saw the Juicy one. It's probably one of my favorite ones. I don't know if y'all watch the Genius YouTube channel, but y'all need to plug in immediately. Because if you aren't the type of person that's going to like risk your life to go to a concert... <laughs> <laughs> um then that might be all you can do is get off on people posting other people's performances or just like when they have these stuff like i love like the vivo performances that they do Uh the one they did with ariana grande was really cool they even have one doja cat that was really cool it's like they really it's like a whole performance for you to just watch like anytime and these ones that they do with genius is more like in a studio like you in a studio just performing the song yeah. so you can really hear them the quality of their voice the tone of their voice do they can they actually sing can oh, they actually no. rap do they Sorry. sound like how they sound on the record and um you kind of put me on the coilery like i think i had heard about her but i wasn't she wasn't giving mostly because i don't like just the, how they over sexualize her and i'm not even gonna say how she is oversexual. I feel like the media does that to young girls that come into the industry, especially rap girls, mm-hmm. which is like a whole nother conversation. But it was just hard for me to to really get into it because I just felt weird about it. Like, yeah. It is strange if you follow her on social media. This week, it seems like she dialed it back a bit. So, you know, I, I don't mind a, a woman who is really sexual or even looks really sexy. I feel like if that's your bag, then it's obvious that that's your bag. Because, like, some people can't help that they're hot like that. But then when you don't have, like, a sexy vibe and you're giving sexy, it, to me, gives an uncomfortableness of me watching you and listening to your music. I just feel like a pedo. And yeah. it's weird. It is weird. But um, check out that performance. Because Koi LeRae, she got bars. She's out here doing her thing for real. And um, she's talented. Not only can she rap and write, but she can sing. She's got a decent singing voice. I can't wait for this R&B album. I'm going to be singing all over this house. I've called it that R&B was making a comeback. And this year when Future drops his R&B album... I'll say I told y'all so. And he should definitely cut her. <clears throat> cut us a check. <laughs> <laughs> us, baby. Uh, so what are we talking about this week, baby girl? <laughs> this week we're talking about attachment styles. Isn't that exciting? It's exciting because I feel like I brought it up a bunch of times and referred to an episode that does not exist. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> 
um, in my mind, it seemed like we talked about it, but it's so hard in real life to think about the conversations we have on the podcast versus what we actually be talking about in our off air. I know that I've, uh, you know, brought it up several times, but we never yeah. actually really got into it. So let's get into it. Yeah. What are our attachment styles? So attachment styles is basically your level of dependency in a relationship based off of your past experiences, which could have been traumatic. That influences how you are in relationships at all times. And like all kind of relationships, whether professional, whether they are familiar, whether they are romantic or even, um, you know, just your regular friends. All of y'all... Is in relationships with each other. And um, we be doing stuff. And a lot of it is based and rooted in how we become attached to people. Yeah. How do you feel about, like, just attachment in general? Well, the word attachment makes me kind of nervous. Mm-hmm. Because um, when I think about attachment, I think about intimacy. Yeah. And intimacy makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. So why? Um, At this point in your life, do you feel that? Is it the past, like the reflection of the past experiences? Well, at this point, it doesn't make me as nervous because I've accepted the fact that that's what I crave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Prior to that, it was just like, don't get too close to me. Mm-hmm. So, intimacy was like, oh, is somebody getting to know me? Is somebody feeling things? Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way about attachment. I feel like there's a huge level of vulnerability with yourself and with the people that you're in relationships with to even be honest about your feelings of relationships and how attached or not attached you are or how open you are to even be in the connection. Mm -hmm. So I've had a lot of different experiences with attachment. I've had a lot of unhealthy attachment in relationships, but I'm learning to really manifest a more healthy attachment in, in all of my relationships. Yeah. Like just starting with my own behaviors. Yeah. Fuck with it. So there are four attachment styles. Um, and depending on the type of person you are, then you could be a couple of these different attachment styles mixed together. And even in some relationships, like the communication styles, you might have one attachment style with your parents and a whole different attachment style with your friends. You know what I'm saying? It just really depends on you. And like I said, your experiences and even your perception of who you are in your life right now. You know what I'm saying? It's like what we were saying on the last episode. If you really believe something, if you believe, oh, I don't have good friends or I don't have friends that support me, you that's the narrative you're telling yourself, that's the experience that you're choosing to live right now, then that's going to reflect in your, your attachment style. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So me and Sherry decided to take a quiz. We went over to att- the attachmentproject.com. Mm-hmm. We'll link it below in the de- description box so you can do it too. Um, I will say this is really like kind of shadow work to me 
like learning and understanding yourself and this is like getting to the root of your trauma type of stuff so make sure that you feel safe like you in a safe space mentally and emotionally before taking this quiz because it's not something to take lightly when i opened the quiz up i was like oh this got a deep like <laughs> you know it could be triggering just the questions alone so i just you know want to give y'all that little tw right there because it was <laughs> <laughs> I learned even more about my own feelings mm -hmm. about my childhood answering those questions. Like, because the truth is that um, oftentimes we don't even feel right acknowledging our feelings about things because when we grow up, people make it invalidate our feelings all the time. Mm -hmm. So they can prioritize their young. That's what a lot of adults have done in the past. So now us operating, we feel like a little guilt even. And then of course the weight of the of actually feeling the feelings that you've been like sweeping under the rug for so long, like it could be overwhelming. So yeah, just strap up first. Yeah. <laughs> the four attachment styles are anxious, avoidant, disorganized, and secure. <clears throat> so I feel like it's kind of overwhelming to bombard y'all with all the information of all the four attachment styles at once. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people should also do the research for themselves. Like if they care about this shit and how it's impacting their life, then like it's your work to do. We bringing it to y'all so y'all can like go down that path of self-discovery. But I really just want to talk about what we got on the quiz and like <clears throat> our feelings around that. Okay. <laughs> Me and Cherry haven't yet talked about what do we get on the quiz. So, um, yeah. What'd you get, baby? I got disorganized, fearful, avoided. Damn, they gave you three columns. Okay, uh, sorry I reacted like that. <laughs> I got um, anxious, preoccupied. What does that mean? Um, well, I feel like when you think into the root of what these words mean, it makes perfect sense, honestly, to me. Like, anxious, I can be a very anxious person in relationships um, because I be worried about my past coming back, like just living the same stories that I did before because mm -hmm. it happened to me so many times. Um, I and that. I have a lot of abandonment issues. So that also causes me to be anxious. So I'm like in relationships, sometimes waiting for people to let me down. Yeah. Um, and so that plays into the anxiousness of it. And then the preoccupied is, this is what I do in life in general is that I fill myself up with like a lot of things that's going to preoccupy my time. So I don't have to think and overthink. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's just a lot of anxious energy, a lot of overthinking, a lot of making up scenarios in my head. And like, obviously that affects how it is that I move in my relationships because I used to be the girl that was like, don't leave me, please. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And now I'm the girl that's like, you got one time to mess up and I don't have time for this. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> yeah. So what you think, looking at your your attachment style, what did it mean to you? Well, I'm just going to read a bit of okay. how they read me. Mm. <laughs> um, for adults with this style of attachment, again, mine is disorganized, fearful, avoidant. The partner and the relationship themselves are often the source of both desire and fear. Fearful, avoidant people do want intimacy and closeness, but at the same time, experience troubles trusting and depending on others. They do not regulate their emotions well and avoid strong emotional attachment due to the fear of getting hurt. Mm. It tracks. Yeah. Not proud of it. But, but uh, doing stuff like this is not... Um, these are not tools to make you feel bad. These are tools used to empower you and empower you in this present moment of saying, okay, this is where I am now with this. Now you have to ask the right questions of, okay, where am I trying to be then? What yeah. attachment style do I want to be? And of course the answer is going to be secure. Everybody wants to feel secure in their relationships. So then you have to ask yourself, okay, well, what behaviors am I exhibiting that is contributing to me having this attachment style? How can I change on a personal level? And then I can start to change my mind, too. Mm-hmm. So also, what am I telling myself every day that's making me believe mm-hmm. these things? You know what I'm saying? Like, what narrative are you writing? What's your story? Yeah. I learned to stop subscribing to the stories in my head and the things that I was making up because let me tell you, girl, I'm good. <laughs> I need a movie deal, like for real. And it's not healthy. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. one thing that I do on a regular basis is I ask myself, who told you that? Like, I need that so I can literally t- say to myself, who the fuck even told you that? Okay, you're having anxiety about this situation or this person, and it's all made up. Like, nothing gets you into a different mindset than kind of, like, feeling dumb for a second. Like, yeah, bro, this is high-key unnecessary. And then I realized that I was sabotaging my own peace and happiness by choosing to be in an, an emotional state that was not necessary to where I am currently at in my relationships. Like... The me personally, I have done the work to make my relationships better, to be in relationship with people who are capable of matching my energy, to be in relationship with people who are capable of forgiveness and acceptance for who I am. Mm-hmm. And also that I'm still learning and growing as a person and I can meet them with that same energy too. It's like we don't realize how how big of a scale this impacts our relationships, you know what I'm saying, on every yeah. level. Like, don't get me started with the relationship with your kids, honey. Because you want to get this squared away for you to start teaching them your bad behaviors. (laughs) It's so challenging. Uh, It takes more self-work than anything else. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, it's important just to highlight last week's episode where we was talking about knowing that when to ask for help and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and a lot of people me included we like feel so alone sometimes 
emotionally and we do that to ourselves like we put our we isolate ourselves and then we further feel alone and separated from people and your relationships it takes two people to be in a relationship so like when you are struggling in your relationships communicate that communicate that like no matter what it is if i'm not in a good place emotionally to show up and be like a good friend to cherry or whatever then i'm gonna tell her like listen girl things ain't all cool and sunshine over here so i just want to let you know but then on the other side of that too is like not having the expectation for other people that they just always gonna be there to show up for you like sometimes you got to show up for yourself so it's not that people are trying to neglect you or abandon you i think that you just be triggered from like yeah other situations and maybe they going through stuff right now too and that's why they've been more distant and instead of taking shit personally and saying like oh i haven't heard from this person in weeks they must be feeling some type of way and it's like y'all are literally a mirror to each other's energy (laughs) so if y'all if you feel like you fell off with a person and the communication is not there chances are both of y'all are contributing to it you know what i'm saying like if you're not dealing with like a narcissist, cause <laughs> they're just capitalizing yeah. on your trauma, but yeah. While you were talking, I thought about like three different relationships I have with people will still have with some. Mm-hmm. Just think, and also like how some of my friendships fell off. Some of them, it's like, I don't know. You never really know what the other person is, really has going on in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I feel like we chalk it up to, sometimes we chalk it up to them just being bad communicators. Mm-hmm. Right, but, Yeah. Yeah, I seen a video yesterday on TikTok, and I had sent it to you. It was really good. And it was this lady, I couldn't remember if she was a therapist or a psychologist, but she was basically saying that we have to get to the root of things and figure out, are you having a communication issue or are you traumatized? Mm-hmm. And, like, be specific in each relationship with, are you, you know what I'm saying, like... And she gave an example, and it was, like, literally the example of my last relationship. And I was like, damn, this is the For You page, ain't it? (laughs) (laughs) And she was basically saying how, like, one person, they are hurt in some type of way. So when somebody comes to them to communicate something, they get defensive. And then the other person is being hurt by that person that's becoming defensive. Mm -hmm. So then it's, like, this unhealthy cycle of, like, bad communication but the problem is not the communication because they are communicating the problem is that they're not like being understanding of each other and stuff like which their trauma is preventing them like once you're not healed from something you just can't see past your experience in it you know it's very blinding like trauma Mm. so I feel like I'm just having a lot of, like, (laughs) reflection on relationships and even other people. Yeah, definitely. Preparing for this episode, 
really had me in my feels. I've been in my feels for weeks, but like I feel like this week I've been especially emotional. And like, just because the more that you learn about yourself, the more affirming it is to, um, you know, who we trying to become. And everything starts to make sense. And it's like, I understand why I needed to have those experiences or I understand why I've been through that trauma. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, because this version of myself needed those experiences to understand, like, in my current relationships and stuff. So, yeah. Y'all definitely get up in that uh, description box <laughs> when you have the time, especially when you have the energy yeah, to take the quiz and find out more about your attachment style and, um, you know, figure out ways to, to be more of a secure attachment style. And I feel like also leaning on your tribe too. like me and Cherry are really in this healthy relationship right now because like it's a choice. Not to say like, oh, I could be with anybody. It's a choice in the fact of like. We are choosing to do the personal work and that's individually those changes that we make on ourselves is making our relationship better and better like all the time. Yeah. So, you know, it's like I appreciate being in a relationship with somebody romantically and even friends that I have now where it's just really on some I'm in alignment with the best version of myself. And so we move different in relationships for real. Like my relationships in my 20s versus my relationship in my 30s. Can't call it. You know? Yeah. It's something. So we can slide into Reel It In. I was hoping that we would get to watch this movie before we recorded this week so that you could see it. But I think we should watch it this weekend. Okay. Um, the movie I wanted to discuss this week is called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Now, like, story time. The first time I watched this movie, I was on shrooms. Mm. And so this movie really hit for me. Okay. <laughs> like, it really touched me deep in my soul. So, like, I just have so many strong feelings around the movie. Mm-hmm. But the reason I wanted to talk about it is because... This movie had, like, heavy themes of codependency. The whole basis of the movie is this man and this woman, they meet, they fall in love. And, like, you know, sometimes you're just supposed to have your fun with somebody and break up with them and move on with your life. Mm-hmm. But when you're so codependent, it's like you can't see yourself outside of them. And it's, like, very unhealthy. And it got to the point so bad where this girl just wanted to forget him. So she went and got her memory erased Mm -hmm. and so he didn't know she was getting her memory erased he pulled up on her trying to get back with her and she had a new nigga (laughs) and he was like what the fuck is going on and she was pretending like she didn't know him but she really didn't know him because she had him erased from her memory she was so devastated with the breakup that she said fuck this nigga I wish I never met him and literally never met him (laughs) that's crazy and he's so obsessed with her at the same time so the whole movie he he well first he tried to do the same thing as her and wipe his memory as well Mm -hmm. and in the midst of him getting his memory wiped he realized 
that it was better to have loved than and than to not have loved at all. Mm-hmm. Or what's the saying? It's better to love than lost mm-hmm. than to not have loved at all. Yeah. So the entire movie, they are in this like dream state, trying to keep his memory alive of them together. Okay. And so it's um, it's really triggering. If you've ever been through a breakup, you're going to be like, girl, what the fuck? <laughs> but the movie is just so good. And it's just like the outcome of the movie is so good. And just like it really put a laser focus on how we be tripping so bad when we have like those rose colored lenses and stuff on. Like, I don't never want to be in a relationship where I'm gone like that again. Yeah. And now that I'm outside of myself, I can look and see that I don't even think that I was so in love with any of those people. I was just infatuated. And even what I was seeing in them was just a reflection of who I wanted to be or whatever. It wasn't even that I was like wanted to be with them. It was like I had a whole story made out. This was supposed to be our life. This was supposed to be our relationship. And then I get so attached to the idea that and now that I'm obsessed with these relationships. And like it's not always romantic. You know? You ever been in a a relationship with somebody like a platonic relationship and they low-key obsessed with you? Platonic? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I've had, I feel like some dangerous friendships. And, you know, we're not to say that we're in the times because this is stuff that's always been happening. But now with like social media, it's just passed around like hotcakes, like because people do be jealous of their friends and like putting a hit on them. You know, that shit's crazy as fuck. Yeah. Let's go paid in full. (laughs) It's coming back. Oh, shit. That is kind of what happened, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I have had relationships where. I think that I was in love with their story and who I thought that they could be. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily who I thought we could be, but, like, just them. Yeah. It's like, you could be so amazing. Oh, my gosh, I would love it. You could do this, 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 and this. You can be this, 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 and this. Yeah, but that's it's really unhealthy, though. You know what I'm yeah. saying? We we cannot delusion ourselves into a good relationship. Yeah. You know, people are who they are until they choose not to be. And now at this big age, I ask myself, who is this person to me right now in my life? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And not who I want them to be, not what the potential of the relationship could be. Like, this especially showed for me, like, with my parents. Mm-hmm. I think taking that quiz, I thought it was going to be more about like romantic relationships and they really was getting in on like the mother and the father relationship. Yeah. And um, sometimes we tell ourselves a whole different narrative than what actually happened. One, for the protection of our family, it's like Stockholm Syndrome. Like you love them so much. So you want to be able to see them as this great parent Mm -hmm. and then there's so many narratives going around about them doing the best that they could Mm -hmm. whatever that was shout and you gotta be grateful for what they did yeah don't 
it will guilt you into not honoring your feelings and yourself, mm-hmm. which will ultimately prolong your healing in this situation. Because if you're not keeping it real with yourself about how you feel about what happened to you, then it's the energy stagnant. It's not ever going to move. It's not ever going to be replaced by something better because you're holding on to these emotions that you're not even beginning to acknowledge and be present with and sit with and say, this is how I truly feel about it. And that's why like journaling and stuff is great because if you can't tell the person, this is what you did to me and this is how it made me feel. Or even like in my case, I told my dad, I told him like, this is what you did to me. And like, it felt good saying those things to him, but the behaviors didn't change. So it really ain't fucking matter whether I said it to him or not. And a lot of people, that's the reason why they don't say something to their parents. Like, okay, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I feel like... I feel like parents just... No matter what you tell them, they just think about what they did. Mm-hmm. And what they what their intentions were what they think their intentions were because I remember one time when I went home I think it was when my mom was basically turning my room into her closet (laughs) (laughs) and she mentioned that she saw one of my journals and I was angry and Trigger warning, high-key suicidal when I was a child. Mm-hmm. And, like, there was no conversation about what she read. And I hated my mother when I was a child. And I know that was in the drive. I vividly remember writing <laughs> about that a lot. <laughs> a lot, though. <laughs> but there was no conversation about it. It mm-hmm. was just, she saw my journal and I was like, oh, I was an angry child. And she was like, yeah. And that was it. Nothing else came from that. Yeah. That's kind of like real sad. I always think about my parents and I try and think about them for who they are, but I literally can't help but compare them to myself mm-hmm. at whatever point in my life that I'm in. And I think, well, I'm this age now. What was it? with them when they were my age that wasn't connecting on a parenting level because like I've said it I've made mistakes as a parent definitely not as nearly as many as my parents made by the time my kids was my age yeah but um I just think differently and I just cannot understand for the life of me how it is that they move in relationships and how they continue to have relationships with even other adults too with these same behaviors that they be exhibiting. Like, it's literally mind-boggling to me when people say stuff like, oh, they did the best that they could. Like, okay, yeah, I'm doing the best that I can too, but my best is, yeah, Mm -hmm. is learning and growing. And even if you take it out of the experience of me being in a relationship with my parent, just them for themselves, Mm -hmm. they haven't even tried to make no changes or to become in alignment with the best version of themselves. And that makes me further side-eye them. Because spirituality is not new. Personal growth is not new. Mm -hmm. They all have a ton of books. My dad got hella books about personal growth. He is a mentor at work. When this dude retired, I felt so weird 
emotionally because I was in this space with a bunch of people who look up to him as such this amazing person on a personal level. Like he's a good guy. And I don't see my dad like that. I've never seen him as a good guy. Mm. And to me, it's like, do I not know him or they don't know him? What the fuck is going on in my reality? It was very weird as fuck. I was like, and people was walking up to me saying like how he was there for them in this situation or that situation. Just like, how can you give all this energy to other people that is not your kid? So it's somewhere in you. You know how to do it. But me, your child, I don't know that version of you. Like, there's going to be certain versions of me that Max and Eva will never fucking see. Because, child, <laughs> lock up the key and throw it away. Yeah. But I try my best, and especially as they become teenagers and adults, to be on open and vulnerable about my experiences with them Mm -hmm. uh, because it's necessary and I want them to know me as a person as I'm knowing them like I don't really know my parents because they be hiding so much of the truth of who they really are and I feel like that goes back to what you were saying like they hikey just be in denial about who they are they refuse to acknowledge it so then when moments come up where you could possibly have a conversation and be like your mom could have been like that was crazy what you was writing what made you feel that way like try to explore your feelings around it even got you a motherfucking therapist something would have been nice but we don't get that yeah the I feel like it's just so strong yeah it's so strong that's what would really be tripping me out and they be thinking that you that we have this expectation that overnight they're supposed to change or just all of a sudden become the best parent in the world. And it's like, all we asking for is some accountability, some vulnerability, mm-hmm. some trust. Because at this point, I can't trust you, nigga. You a liar. All you yeah. do is lie. Obviously, you live in two different lives. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. It's wild. Shout out to parents. Yeah. That's a mess. Get your brooms. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week for Mental Health Matters, I kind of want to talk about codependency just because um, that is the basis of our attachment styles uh, of that scale of how codependent am I? Mm-hmm. Do you consider yourself to be codependent? Um, yes. Um, just to be clear, like codependency is just really like you feeling like you need other people. It's like you're dependent on them for something in your life. I would not consider Mm. you to be codependent. I've been in codependent relationships and I think that you just have some guilt over your needs. Like you're still learning that you are valuable and worthy of having those needs met. The truth comes up. But I don't think that you move in a codependent fashion in our relationship like if you did we would definitely not still be together now because that shit scares me and freaks me out because i just can't go back to that place you know yeah i've been there (laughs) i've been hella codependent i've been very unattached which didn't feel good either Mm -hmm. so you know you got to find that sweet spot for you and also for the other people that you have relationships with and learning like what 
a secure attachment style is and what that means for you personally. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, codependency is not cute. Damn. It's like, I remember when me and Jarve started Three Strikes and that was our first podcast episode ever was codependency. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I go back and I watch our episodes because I like to see my girl, which is very far. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Just to hear my perspective about it and to hear the way that I told my story in that moment, like I wouldn't, I don't even perceive what happened the same way that I did in that moment. It's so crazy. Like I say this all the time, but you got to document something, whether it's like journaling or video or podcasting, like find a way to document like your experience because you only get it that way that one time. Yeah. The more you change and grow and evolve, you change you did shit just don't even be the same no more like i feel like as far as my journaling and stuff goes i feel like maybe 2019 or 2018 is when i started sounding happy mhm well yeah Kind of sad. Well, I feel like it's a good thing because you could still be not happy. True. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, too, growth is learning that happiness is fleeting. Happiness is emotion, just like sadness or anger. Like, I don't want to be sad all the time. Just like, yeah. I don't want to be happy all the time. <laughs> I want to experience every vibration of every emotion that we humanly should experience. You know what I'm saying? hmm And, um... It's just nice to just feel. I don't know if I want to feel everything. Like, I could go without feeling angry. Because it's it's really draining. I could go without feeling really sad. Maybe a little sad I can deal with. <laughs> But some stuff, it just, it takes so much energy to feel them. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't help me. Yeah. Well, that's being on the, that's on being a life path five. You know, five is the number of pleasure. Mm -hmm. It's like we very much want to steer away from anything that is not bringing us more pleasure, Mm -hmm. more joy, more feel good experiences. Mm -hmm. But then when we, neglect those emotions altogether because there are going to be moments when you feel that that energy just is stored in your body you're just holding on to it like Mm, it's not it's not doing us any favors and i'm preaching to the choir honestly i'm i'm not um i have a good amount of emotional intelligence but i have not done the application you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. it's still difficult for me to be present in my feelings so you know you just got to be aware of your shortcomings and like where you need more support at in your life you know what I'm saying like that's something I need support in like sometimes I'm gonna need that validation from Cherry to be like it's okay to feel how you feel you know and that's what I mean by asking for help from people you know what I'm saying don't be fucking that emotional vampire and shit but yeah yeah so, um, we can jump into four hours bias this week. You want to spill the tea? 
Oh, this is tea? I mean, it's hot tea, but it's good tea. Okay. Um, well, Mike Epps, he was in an interview and he shared that he has been buying houses in his hometown and he plans to create affordable housing with those homes. This is so fucking dope. This is on some... Oh, my God. This is some shit that I will be into. This is doing the work. This is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. This is the shit we be talking about. And um, that's why it's so necessary to bring it to Forest Bias. Because, you know, like in past episodes, we talked about how celebrities, like, will be getting accolades. We talked about Missy Elliott in the past getting that street named after her in Portsmouth, Virginia. Yeah. And it's like... But what has she done for the community? Mm-hmm. And we've talked about how you don't always need money. Sometimes it's just the influence. And so to see him taking money, time, energy, incorporating his family into it, like mm-hmm. just to give a backstory, like this has really touched me because uh, Mike Epps grew up in poverty and he said that they used to be getting evicted all the time, like mm-hmm. all the time. His family would get evicted and, you know, his mom would just have to move them somewhere else. And he told his mom that, you know, one day when I make it, I'm going to buy up all these houses that we got kicked out of. And so that's what he started doing. I don't know how many houses he bought so far, but he is in the um, process of flipping them. Mm -hmm. And then, like Sherry said, his plan is to make them affordable housing options. So... We love to fucking see it. Yeah. Like, shout out to Mike Epps. He's always been one of my faves, and this just really put the cherry on the top for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I grew up in an environment like that, too. And so it's like triggers me, you know? But I'm really happy to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Mike Epps. Shout out. Remember when. I'm not going to bring that up. See, this is that shit that they be doing on the internet. Just bringing up shit that don't need to be talked about. Okay. So, also, Idris Elba is developing an Afro-futuristic sci-fi anime for Crunchyroll. I've heard of Crunchyroll, but... Yeah, Crunchyroll is basically just like an anime um, website host. So, you Mm. can go there. You can find, like, dubbed versions and stuff of all kind of shows and things. It is a subscription-based service. Mm -hmm. It didn't used to be. But, you know, niggas will start collecting their jacket when they realize that they couldn't. Yeah. So, that's dope. Um, So, I'm not sure if this is supposed to be pronounced Dante, but in the English language, that's how it's spelled. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But that's the name of the show is set in a corrupt society where biotech has created a gap between the rich and poor. It says it's futuristic, but this sounds very present. Yeah. I feel like um, this is also what doing the work looks like. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's so dope that we had both of these in Forest Bias this week because it's like two different scales on it and how people are just like living in their purpose mm-hmm. and making change in the world or you know creating a better community for us to to be in i really want jana smith to get back into his anime bag i really want a season two of that show he made on netflix i feel like nobody really paid attention to it but i really enjoyed it like i've watched it more than once Mm. it was Mm. really good to me we should post about it this week. I haven't watched that. Uh, I love anime. I'm, 
I like a specific genre anime, you know. I like the ones that are low-key a rom-com with hella killing in it. <laughs> like Inuyasha. Or that one that we watched with Shorty with the arms. Oh my god, what was that one called? Because it was so good. I don't remember. I think it was on Amazon though. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. We'll have to link a couple animes in the description box this week yeah. so y'all can check them out. That and y'all tell great. us what y'all watching. It don't have to be anime. We watch <laughs> other stuff <laughs> all the time. Yeah, so shout out to everybody this week that's just out here killing it and doing their thing and, and you know showing up for themselves shout out to y'all too yeah tell us your attachment style so i don't feel alone <laughs> <laughs> yeah please share with us your attachment styles so yeah. what are you making time for this week um still gonna make time to paint my toes yeah I was leaving the polish downstairs for a while, but it was like three days, and I was like, well, I guess we'll paint these nails when <laughs> we paint them, so I just put it away. Let's do it today. Oh? Uh, like when you come home from work? Because I don't think you got time for yeah. that. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm just chilling. I feel that. Sometimes you just got to chill, though. This week, I'm um, making time for my professional development. I really need to, like, meditate and sit with myself and figure out what do I want and, like, the direction that I see my career going in. And also, like, just kind of connect with spirit and figure out, like, okay, I know what my purpose is, but how am I going to carry that out, you know? Mm-hmm. And if I, what I'm currently doing is truly in alignment what I want, or do I need to switch some things up? So I'm going to make some time to process that. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, it sounds necessary. Dang. It's one eleven. Hey. Well, without further ado, I've got time. time.